Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast, when the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And speaking of Batman on Film, guess who we have on the show today? You probably already know if you clicked on the link, but it's Bill Ramey, founder of Batman on Film, back again. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. Glad to be here. You know, like I say, I'll I'll talk Batman just about any time, <laughs> um, any time, time willing. You know. Oh yeah, uh, you know it's uh, so it's not a it's not tough to get you on here. <laughs> well, I mean, scheduling no. is can be rough, but <laughs> um, yeah, gotcha. But uh, well, yeah, so uh, we're doing a segment I like to call "I'm 35 and so are they," and. Uh, <clears throat> Helps me not feel as uh, as old as I am, I guess. Uh, so we're talking. <laughs> uh, so we're talking Batman Year One, um, which is, uh, I I guess we we'd have to say even after all these reboots and retcons and whatever, I, I I'd like to think we've gone back to this being the definitive Batman origin, um, since uh, since Rebirth, I think. Um, I mean, I. No, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because uh, Tom King included bits of that, how Batman and Selina met, mm-hmm. whether it was on the boat or on the street, in his run on yes. Batman. So, yeah, um, I think it's safe to say, uh, no offense to, <clears throat> to Zero Year, but you just couldn't cut it. Batman Year One is the definitive Batman origin, at least in the mainline DC continuity. I would, uh, even if it wasn't considered... Batman's continuity origin in the comics, it would still be the definitive Batman origin story in comics. In comics, I will say. Yeah. Um, I would say, of course, we have Batman Begins, but there's year one in Batman Begins. So there's a, there's one of its influences right there. Yeah. Um, and there's even uh, pieces of it in The Batman as well. There um, is. And, Absolutely. Uh, which which I I was um, a little a little surprised by when I saw the movie, but but I guess I shouldn't have been if it's early days Batman. Mm-hmm. What better you know origin to to choose from? But the cool thing about movies is you know picking from eighty plus years comics, you can use whatever. There's also a little bit of mm-hmm. zero year in there too, so you know. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, definitely the, um, the Drifter Bruce Wayne. Uh, um, that stuff where Bruce was in disguise, he's on the streets in the element, as he says. Yeah. Uh, in Gotham, you see at the beginning of the film and 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 different places throughout mm-hmm. the movie and the the journal entries definitely are definitely year one. And even the look, uh, the aesthetic of Selena, yeah, is very yep. year one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so. Uh, so you being around when this was coming out, this, so this is a different mm-hmm. situation than the Dark Knight Returns because um, the Dark Knight Returns was it, its own thing; it wasn't in the actual Batman comics. Whereas Year One was mm-hmm. like literally in continent in continuity, like yes. issue number like four hundred and four. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it was um, part of the DC's. This is after. Prices on Infinite Earths, 
Mm -hmm. and where they created um, one continuity and got rid of multiple versions of of characters. You know, they the golden age and the silk, you know, all that stuff. You know, we, I mean, I don't need to rehash infinite earths, but right. that's what the purpose was, was to streamline what at then would be, and it's, this is, that was the eighties. So what, um, so 30, so like, I mean, 50 years of continuity was streamlined. Mm -hmm. And so the, the several characters were given, um updated or i guess it would be the best way updated origin stories yeah and batman frank miller writing batman year one in batman was uh the update of batman's comic book origin i mean we knew i mean they really don't take anything he didn't change anything really no. as far you know the bat flying in the window because all we got you know the there was the you know the story of uh, the Batman, who he is and how he came to be from back in the or like 1940. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the background, uh, the noir, uh, gritty street level, uh, taking on the mob type element. Yeah. It was rel relatively new and it's stuck around ever since. You know, we've seen it in Batman Begins, of course. We've seen it. We see it in the comic books ever since, and we see it certainly see it in uh, the Batman as well. So, and then you know, the same with Superman got that treatment with uh, around the same time with the uh, the Man of Steel yep. miniseries. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that. I, I feel like the big, the most high profile ones were probably Batman and Superman uh, with mm -hmm. John Byrne taking over Superman, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and then but but Frank Miller just came in just to do year one which i i kind of yeah. love that 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 became a staple for dc mm -hmm. so now anytime they want to talk about a character's origin that's what they talk about like you know there's a green arrow year one which was you know partially what ended up being the inspiration for Arrow yeah. season one mm -hmm. and uh you know and then frank miller and john romita jr did superman year one which honestly i wasn't crazy about i don't know if you read that one that came out i don't know ago. if i've read that to be honest so uh I was a big fan of the with the with Burns Man of Steel. I have all the I got the four original copies of it somewhere yeah. stored away. Um I do I have the original uh collected edition of year one, but I don't have the individual issues. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm actually just the opposite. I, I hunted all those down over the okay, years. Right. So yeah, so cool. I do have those. Um which I would love to get Frank Miller to sign at a convention one of these days. Um, yeah. Um, so that's that's like prized possession that I have, but they're all. But it was also kind of expensive. So <laughs> um, I, um, I I I read them when they came out. That was back when I would, you know, I was still hiding. I was hiding the fact that I was a comic book geek, sure, Batman fan. You know, that just would. You just. <laughs> Times are different from yeah, the well, 80s yeah. when I was in college. Um, but uh, I read them off the rack. I read each issue off the rack. I'd go mm -hmm. to the bookstore at the mall. I've told this, this story many times. I'd go to the local mall, go to Walden Books. They had comic books. And I would read read the issues on the rack and then stand in there inside the store. And I'd put them back. I did, this, I did the same thing for... Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Why? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should have just bought the damn things and just 
didn't tell anybody. I didn't want, I guess I didn't want to get seen by a comic <laughs> book, you know, back then. But yeah. But I do have the the original uh first printing. I bought it actually. Um and I got it in 89 because when the movie came out when Batman came out in 1989, that's when things started to change from, um, I mean, everybody became a Batman fan, right? Oh yeah. When that, when yeah. that happened uh, big time, you know, it was cool. And so I, that's what brought me back into the comic book shop and they actually had several copies of year one that were first printing still available. So that's how I picked it up. Back then, and it's it you know it's it was a four issue you know mini series, and then it's become a like one of the most influential and important uh, graphic novels. Yeah, uh, not only just for Batman, but for you know comic books. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the, you know like I said that's that's the shorthand now. So if you want to tell the character's origin, mm -hmm. you know. Sure. Uh, Josh uh, Joshua Williamson did the same thing mm -hmm. during Rebirth for the Flash. There was the Flash year one, mm -hmm. um, and and I and I kind of and I kind of like that, but also I feel like, <clears throat> and you know, I'm sure we're both biased because we're major Batman yeah. fans. But any other year one story is good, but they're just they're they're always going to be playing second fiddle to Batman year one. Yeah, when I when I say year one, I even I'll leave out usually leave out Batman and just year one like us discussing it or I'm discussing it with someone else or maybe on another uh, like a Batman on film show or even writing about it. It's just year one and you know what yeah. we're talking. You know it's Batman year one and you know it's by Frank Miller, so. Right. And and I think the 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 interesting thing about this this book to me is that is just how and I, and I picked up on this when I was a kid reading it too that it it's so pared down like there's no there's no supervillain you know there's mm -hmm. there's really not a lot of uh, quote unquote technology right you know he has mm -hmm. some gadgets but you know for the most part it's just him and he's and kind of one of my favorite parts of the book is that he's that he kind of is not he's not very good at being Batman yet. You know, like he yeah. is first night out. He almost kills some kid mm -hmm. and he feels like an idiot. Um, and, and he and almost, I, you know, yeah. And he died, almost dies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the whole scene, you know, him bleeding out in Wayne Manor and I can ring this bell and Alfred will come and yeah. I need a sign, whatever, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, you see some of that in um, that aspect was in the Batman where he's not, fully formed Batman yet. And yeah. he's far from fully formed Bruce Wayne. Right. And in that film. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I that's, that's a Batman. I really love is the, the younger Batman, the street level Batman, the mm -hmm. uh, gritty, you know, um, you don't have these super villains running around Gotham yet. It's just, yeah, it's just that's that's some awesome stuff up there. And yeah, you know, to me, yeah, you know, because he he's not, you know, there's and there's there's hints of it, you know, obviously the last mm -hmm. page hints at the Joker and Harvey yeah. Dent's in it, yeah. you know, certainly Kyle's in it, but you know, it the story just it doesn't need all of that, and I like that it the story is also there's uh it's 
it's it's kind of like an ending that's one of those like instead of saying the end it says like the beginning kind of thing you know mm-hmm. i don't think mm-hmm. the book literally says that but you know what i mean where it's like oh you know this guy calls himself the joker you know i got somebody on it you know should be here any minute yeah. and little stuff like that and <clears throat> one of the things that i was most surprised by reading it was that the finale of the book like the you know climax is uh he's not even batman you know he's just bruce wayne yeah um, yeah, and and I like that you know, and that's a line that you know they use in uh, in the Dark Knight. You know, he's like, you know, it's like uh, middle middle of the day, Alfred. You know, no, 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 we're not. I'm not wearing the suit in the day. It's just yeah, such like an arbitrary thing. But um, but to Bruce Wayne, it it means something. So he's gonna mm-hmm. go, you know, help Jim Gordon, even just as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's such a funny bit where he's like, you know, I can't really see without my glasses. Yeah. And just such a, it's like such a Clark Kent Superman type of moment in a way, right? But you know, um, but I like that 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 immediately bonds those two guys. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the whole the whole time. I mean, the story it's it's much more Jim Gordon's story than Bruce Wayne's in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah, um, and and I like that you have Jim Gordon being super conflicted the entire time. And, and at the end he's like, no, this, this is a good guy. This is a hero. I can trust him. Mm-hmm. And it was a good way to do it without it. There having to be this like giant, you know, like zero year ends with like this big bombastic fight with the Riddler and the city's in danger. And, you know, the government's yeah. going to bomb it. And Batman's, gonna, you know, so it's, it's just very much just these two guys. Um, mm-hmm. And and not you know no offense to Zero Year which I love but it's like this is all this story really needed was just mm-hmm. well how did they become friends well this is how you know just very yeah. very simple it, yeah it, it's um, you see them you know Batman knows he needs Gordon mm-hmm. Gordon doesn't know yet what to think of Batman but he knows. You know, you get you get it at the end. He's I got a friend coming. When, yeah, yeah. When the you know at the very end, uh, Gordon learning that it's kind of like, like I, you know, I try to show the influence of it with like in the Batman is that you know Gordon is like even says he says like you're you're the only one I trust. Yeah. You know, to Batman, uh, I don't even know who you are, man. It's been two years, and yeah. so you you. you uh, with Gotham, you know, Gotham being so Gotham police force being so corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that when year one in the year one, when it begins and Gordon coming in from Chicago and, you know, um, he's like the only good cop there. And it's just right. this, that that, uh, that element uh, is a, it permeates that relationship between Gordon and Batman. And uh, mm-hmm. it you see it in its influences in i mean batman begins and you mm-hmm. know uh, the batman and uh, it's just um yeah i mean they it was just and that that's when it really with year one is when that really started because it was before that it was always it was just a given that batman and gordon were buddies and there was you know like yeah. bat phone and the bat signal and batman would show up you know whenever 
Gordon needed him. Um, yeah. You didn't get that. You really didn't get that them being partners as like detective partners and so forth until year one, you know? Right. So. Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I, and I love the, that there's a, the Batman that Bruce was smart about building up his relationships in Gotham, you mm -hmm. know, like we don't really see it, but he builds mm -hmm. a relationship with Harvey Dent. Harvey and, Dent, uh, yeah. And that gets carried over into the long Halloween. Oh, mm -hmm. and because yeah. uh, that's supposedly Batman Year Two, but mm -hmm. it's like in a year, like you know, a dozen <laughs> supervillains showed up. I mean, you know, that's kind of wild. But uh, you know, but that's a story for another day. No offense, Lauer, if you're listening, I'm not ragging on the long Halloween. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I take all those um, Year One, Long Halloween, Dark Victory. The Man Who Laughs, um, uh, Batman the Monster Man, Batman and the Mad Monk, all of those really fit together. They don't contradict each other. No. Um, they're all kind of, you know, like The Man Who Laughs is almost like a straight-up sequel to Year One, even though it's not a Frank Miller yeah. story. And then you can follow that with Long Halloween and Dark Victory, and you can throw in Mad Monk and... and um, monster man in there somewhere in you know in between year one and yeah, yeah long halloween so yeah all that stuff is all works people always ask me what i what should i start with if i want to start reading comics and i always put okay start with the beginning get year one and then do monster man do mad monk do man who laughs do long halloween and dark victory so yeah uh and it's and it works because it it, it is such a simple story and and it has su such a i don't want to say ambiguous ending because it doesn't but it just it just has such a a good ending that i think te like like batman begins ends right you know with the tease of the joker it's like how are you not excited for the next batman story after reading that it's, it's certainly um i like chris nolan said that his um the joker card was not really a setup for what would become the dark Knight, it yeah. was to show that <clears throat> this world this batman's world his career is just beginning and this the story will will continue yeah. whether it be in your imagination or in um you know or you know what we got ultimately got the sequel the dark Knight. right right say i say that it's the same thing in with year one with uh you know, this guy calls himself the Joker's going to poison the reservoir and I got a friend coming, you know, mm -hmm. same, same deal, you know, exactly yeah. same thing. Oh yeah. And, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, Frank Miller kind of coming in and just doing these issues. Uh, so he knew that he knew that it would just, it would end and people will mm -hmm. pick up whatever they want the next story to be. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I like that it's, it's just such a, uh, it's such a simple ending, you know, and you yeah. know it kind of begins and ends with with Gordon, and and again I, I like that because Gordon is so, you know, is is very easily the most under can very easily be the most underrated character in with Batman. Um, you know, it's it's funny like rewatching the, the the original four movies and even the '66 show. It's like Gordon's whole purpose was just to make sure that Batman knew that there was trouble. 
mm-hmm. know, as opposed to mm-hmm. being, you know, in the thick of it. And I think that mm-hmm. Batman Begins taking inspiration from year one saying, well, no, no, Jim Gordon's important. And, <clears throat> and you know, those those three Batman movies, the Nolan Batman movies, yeah, they, they wouldn't work without Jim Gordon, you know. And, I mean, yeah, I'd say Begins... Gordon and begin Batman Begins draws more from year one than even maybe even Batman or the story itself. I mean, you get you know, I mean, of course you get uh uh the the scene, the bats, you know, him calling in the bats as backup, you know, that, yeah. that that scene in the Batman begins is straight out of out of uh um uh, year one, but <clears throat> Gordon, I mean, my gosh, just Gary Oldman looked like he just stepped right out of the pages of year one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the aesthetic and, you know, the whole flas and Commissioner Loeb, all of that, the corruption in the police force. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, with, with um, Gordon learning that, trying to learn who Batman is. I mean, not in terms of who he is, like underneath the, the cow, but who he is is what you know. Is he a friend? Is he, you know, that's all in from in begins. That's all from year one. So yeah. I would say, yeah, I say it's more, more year one Gordon in Batman Begins than year one Batman in Batman Begins. It it it, it totally is because you know he he has much more. Uh, he has much more technology at his disposal, and plus, it's mm-hmm. also a mystery where has Bruce Wayne been and the, the book doesn't really get into it. Um, but you know, it's very much like, Oh, you know, Bruce Wayne just, you know, is back in Gotham and, and that's kind of it. We don't, it, it's, it's almost like a, like a play. It's just very mm-hmm. limited characters. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get a little, we get some Alfred, we get some Selena, but it's mostly Gordon and, uh, and Bruce, their, their stories. And, and I love the way they both kind of uh, they mirror each other. Where Gordon mm-hmm. has to learn how to navigate this like shitty, you know, corrupt police force, whereas um, mm-hmm. Bruce has to learn he can't just, you know, and and there's there's bits of it in Bat- Mask of the Phantasm too. He can't just walk down mm-hmm. the street and be intimidating. He has to have something going for him. And and I and I love the the image of the bat crashing through the window. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and it's 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 so cheesy back in the day when he's just he like looks up in surprise, he's like, Yes, I shall become a bat. Whereas mm-hmm. like in this case he's looking at the, the bust of his father, he's bleeding to death, and he's just like, I you know, I, I don't know what to do. I you know, please help me. And then when, you know, the bat comes through, it's just it's it's such an awesome moment, and uh, and it's funny because I I like it better in the book than in Batman Begins because in Batman Begins he's just taking notes, doing his thing. Then he sees a bat, and he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> you know, it's like so it works in the movie, but it's just it's so much more dramatic and ironically cinematic in the in the comic, right? Yeah, they take it where I mean, it's you know him him falling down as a child into and you know he's he's afraid of bats and then yeah yeah you know ultimately it's i, I think it's a, a scene that's it's one it's a great visual scene in batman begins is when he goes looking for 
he finds the cave. He goes back to where he was as a child, and he goes in right. there, and he, you know, he stands there with the light. That's the that's cool. Swirl around him, yeah, yeah. That, that's it's such a good moment, and and I remember being in the movie theater when you know he pulls the thing out of his boot and just like wanting to cheer, like yeah. like oh my gosh, like what a thought they're actually reading the comic books you know mm-hmm. and putting that into the into the stories where the some of the other batman films it definitely didn't feel that way it definitely didn't feel like they're they were getting this from the comic books whereas like mm-hmm. that's like hey like a good idea is a good idea like use it that's that's an awesome idea to have this thing that calls bats and as this huge distraction for the police mm-hmm. and um and it's just such a, it's, uh, I mean, I can't get over it, you know, it's such, and that ended up being like the poster, right? You know, with him leaping down mm-hmm. towards camera and yeah. the bats all around him. Um, it's just such a, such an awesome moment. And, um, and, and I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, like these, these movies are getting better because they're actually reading the damn comic books and putting them in the movie. Because, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. cause why not? It's, it's a visual medium. So there, there's similarities already. Um, whereas, you know, like, you know, you get something like Batman returns and that's mostly just Tim Burton's imagination on acid. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, you know, and then the other movies were just make sure it's fun for the kids. And, you know, and, and we've talked, you know, you and I privately and together on the show talked about our feelings on the, those different Batman movies, but mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, like, as we're talking, I can almost picture Robert Pattinson's Batman being that Bruce Wayne that was slumped in his chair, bleeding to death, and seeing the bat come through the window. Because sure. we didn't, because we didn't get, you know, we don't, we don't need it, but we didn't get his origin, like, what inspired him to become Batman, because throughout the whole movie, they're just calling it vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'll be interesting if they touch on that in the second one, like, why specifically he chose bats. Um, I mean, I don't know if they will or not, probably not, but, <clears throat> but that's, that's the origin I can see for Pattinson's Bruce Wayne in my I head. Think, I think that's the key <clears throat> right there is that it can be whatever. I mean, everyone is so um, familiar with Batman's origin yeah, and why Bruce Wayne became Batman that we didn't need to see the Wayne murders again. We didn't need to see him, you know, whatever, whatever he did, this, uh, the Batman universe's Bruce, whatever he did, what well, seems, well, they've kind of told you that it was Alfred who taught him to train him. So right. um, he may not have traveled the world like the Batman from the Dark Knight trilogy or Bruce Wayne from the Dark Knight trilogy. So it's, I think you hit upon it. It's whatever, if you want it to be that he experienced the year one where the bat, you know, that he was out like as a drifter and got, got fricking stabbed and yeah. was bleeding out in Wayne tower and was like, no, I, I, I guess a bat would have to fly off. Like, I don't know how high they fly. Their altitude <laughs> is, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, whatever, it's a movie. So, but yeah, I mean, I think it would be whatever, whatever we want it to be. Yeah. Because we know that Batman chose, he chose bats because to, to, to strike fear and to, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, just it was the, the the visual of this, you know, freaking vampire, you know, human bat looking dude, you know? Yeah. So I think it's whatever we want. And which is, that's something cool about that as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, and I think that that's the, that, that's the key that a lot of these franchises are missing sometimes is, you know, um, you know, I kind of liken that to, you know, there's so many arguments about like in, in the more recent, in the MCU Spider-Man movies, like why we don't hear about Uncle Ben. I'm like, well, we, we, but we know, we know what happened, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's, it's up to us what happened. And that's far more interesting to me than having to see Cliff Robertson or Martin Sheen get killed again. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't need that. It's, you know, just like we don't, we didn't need to see the Waynes die in this film, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even in this book, it's, it's really, um, you know the the cover of the first issue is Bruce next to his parents. It's it's kind of a haunting image for a comic book mm-hmm. to have. Um, yeah, you know, especially at a time when you know they were trying to stray away from the Comics Code Authority, and like you know, because Green Lantern, Green Arrow had like the you know him uh, Speedy shooting up on the one comic, mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god, like that's that's crazy. And then seeing this boy next to his dead parents, like. Oh my God! Like you know, the, and it's it's funny that you you say like you had to kind of hide that you were being you were a comic geek back then, because it's like <clears throat> you almost wish like I wish I could show this to somebody and go no 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 this is serious this is mm-hmm. real stuff and this is compelling drama that you'd see on like Hill Street Blues or night you know uh, NYPD Blue or whatever back in the day. Um, it just happens to have a superhero in it, which is. How I felt yeah. watching the Batman, I felt like it's um, that's part of Year One's legacy. Uh, when I say it's it's an important, I mean I know it's a four issue, um, in Bat four issue story in Batman, mm-hmm. but the grap it's collected version, what's become the Year One graphic novel, basically. Yep, it, it's right. It's up there with Dark Knight Returns as and Watchmen as far as how it affected the mainstream right uh um seeing you know there there started to be that turn in the mid 80s up until 89 um you know without year one without the dark knight returns probably wouldn't hadn't gotten batman 89 and then just that was such a huge event that it you know it did change the way people look at at the uh medium yep um comic book medium and you know like i say today it's with the success of uh the marvel films and oh, i'd say i should say the mcu more than of course spider-man i mean you know the the, the yeah. comic book movie genre just period is so mainstream everyone i mean go 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 out in public and you're going to see, I bet anything, you'll see someone, if not just one person, more than one person will have either a Batman t-shirt on or Captain America or yeah. something that's comic books, you know? Yeah, and, and and not just kids, like, you know. It's, no, I'm talking about grown-ass adults. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's my, that's the thing that, that gets me excited is feeling like, 
when I was reading Batman Year One, when I was watching Batman as a kid, yeah. and in like the animated series too, I I always felt like this this is this isn't silly. Like this isn't like other cartoons, or this isn't like other comics, or this this is serious. This is cool, and and I just feel like it was it was so strange to me that nobody else got it until you mm-hmm. put it until Christopher Nolan packages it packages it as a Batman year or, you know, Batman begins. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly everybody's like, well, maybe not right away with Batman begins, but you know, starting to feel like, Oh, like this is cool. Like this is like yeah. dark and serious. Like I was like, I've been saying that for years, man. <laughs> I, I would have never wore a Batman t-shirt in high school or in college, but I've worn them ever since 1989. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just, and I go back to 89, the movie Batman, but it, it, it starts with Dark Knight Returns and, of course, year one. I mean, that's yeah. where it really starts to change. And, of course, um, things are completely 180 from what they were when I was a kid. So, I mean, it's like I've said it many times, said it here. It's, it's very mainstream and very cool now. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's so like validating, you know. I I, I feel like for probably for both of us, mm-hmm. you know, um, growing up feeling like, oh, this wasn't cool, and then mm-hmm. when it started to be cool, then it's like, you know, well, we were there when it was cool, like, yeah. Exactly. And so, so like, I kind of joke that sometimes I feel resentment that people are like, oh, well, Batman's cool. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, which I feel like didn't really happen at least for me until 2008 you know uh with the dark knight but um but then but it's also like okay well like you're you're here now so welcome aboard like you know what um what what do you what are you interested in um and uh and i like that that batman um batman year one just you know it it isn't uh it's like I said, it's just, it's very simple. It's very dark. It's, and you almost feel like through reading it, you almost feel like there isn't going to be a happy ending. Like Gordon's going to get screwed or, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to be killed by, by Flass and, you know, the other corrupt cops. And, and I like that, uh, there's, there's parts of it where, you know, I'm invested in these characters. And Jim Gordon was a character I was not invested in before. I just always figured, well, Jim Gordon's the guy that calls Batman, and Batman comes mm-hmm. and fights the crime. It's like, well, no, like Jim Gordon's just as much in the thick of it as Bruce Wayne. He just, you know, it, it gets to the point where Gotham City's so wild that you need somebody like Batman <laughs> to to help mm-hmm. out. Um, and I think that that you know that's such a, a great selling point, and and obviously. Christopher Nolan picked up on that and said, well, Jim Gordon isn't just like a side character. He's a main character. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and like you said, Gary Oldman right out of the book, you know, mm-hmm. almost looks like David Mazzucchelli's art come to life. If not for a different color hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's um, I. Always, I will, I, I gotta, I'll say this and I give credit where credit's due. I think David Goyer is the unsung hero of the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought the comic book uh, knowledge, the detailed yeah. comic book knowledge, to to Nolan 
and to what they were doing. So yep. did uh, Jonathan Nolan because he was a. But I mean, Goyer is a comic book worked in comic book industry and yeah, you know, yeah, still yeah. does. So and was a huge Batman fan. So um, that's probably getting that kind of Gordon is probably a great deal do in Batman Begins. I'm saying then, of course, Dark Knight trilogy is probably had a lot to do with him. Yeah. Not that Nolan, Chris Nolan would have, you know, gave us this buffoonish type Gordon that we saw in the Burton Schumacher films. But Mm. I mean, clearly, I I think that Goyer coming in right in that first treatment and drawn heavily from year one, uh, especially with Gordon, is what gave us. I mean, really, that 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 Batman year one changed the way Gordon's been portrayed ever since, you know um it's he's never really gone back to that uh like you said the guy who calls batman you know right so uh it's been the mainstay of gordon and gordon being a bit of a badass himself yeah yeah you know uh you see that in year one and he kicks flass's ass yep uh you know he was a he's a was a marine and Mm -hmm. you know uh there's a lot just a lot more to gordon than what we had before then you know, it's it's funny with uh, with with Gordon as a character where um, Scott Snyder, when he was doing his Batman run, mm-hmm. obviously felt the same way. He he always gave Gordon a, a lot of meaty stuff, even starting with like before the fifth, the new Fifty Two, he did like the Black Mirror, mm-hmm. and that's you know um, half of that is Jim Gordon's story anyway with with James Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I you know and you know this might be a hot take but I I actually really liked when Jim Gordon became Batman you know for a little bit in the comics <laughs> I was about to say except for <laughs> Super Heavy yeah I'm, I'm with you I'm with you on with Scott Snyder wasn't a huge fan of that but yeah I well you know it was just to me it was another moment where it's like you know I, I you know I I don't mind when we get the breaks from Bruce Wayne every once in a while. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and to me, it just was like it sort of made sense. It was like, oh, it's it's, it's going to be Gordon, and that's cool. Um, partially because I wanted them to do an animated sequel and have Ben McKenzie play Jim Gordon and Batman again. Yeah, <laughs> um, which would have been kind of a cool, um, like, or I guess it would have been Brian Cranston in that Gordon um, as as that Gordon. But uh, yeah, but but you know. Anyway, get, by getting into that, you know, so the, the animated movie, I think, is, you know, kind of like some of the other ones, just just the pages just moving in front of you <laughs> for the most it, part. It, it's 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 the comic book turned into animation. I mean, literally, you know, it's page for page, word for word, just about. I But I think that the what sets the movie apart from, from me, from some of the other ones, is, is Brian Cranston. And I was... Really, yeah. really hoping he would, you know, I mean, J.K. Simmons was great, but I was hoping he was going to be the next Jim Gordon because I was like, he's he's right there. He's in the movie. Like, just put him in live action. Just let him do his thing. And it's going to be great because Brian Cranston's, you know, he's like, he's an, he's an actor, right? So he's going to get mm-hmm. in there. He's not just going to run lines. He's going to dig into the motivation of the character. And and I will say that I, I didn't mind Ben McKenzie as as Bruce um as Batman I did really like him as Gordon in Gotham um which I know that's like a hot take <laughs> among the BOF guys anyway um but uh but yeah I, and I when I think about that 
that movie, I think about, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is Brian Cranston just being, you know, giving life to the David Mazzucchelli art. And that's just, I, that's yeah, amazing. I'm not, I'm always, I'm one of these that like, um, I draw a line between voice acting and these animated films or animated TV shows and live action, uh, portraying a character in live action. Mm-hmm. But because, I mean, because uh, a lot of them, I mean, just wouldn't, voice wise yes uh would it would it work in live action no i just there's just so much more to um and i'm not taking anything i want i don't want to take anything away from voice acting yeah, yeah i mean you're not having for example you're not having if you're voicing batman in an animated film you're not having to do the kind of work that Pattinson did especially the acting he did without saying a word with his eyes and his body yeah. language and, his, and all that so anyway but i will say Brian Cranston could definitely play Jim Gordon in a live action film. Yeah. Uh, and would aesthetically, uh, not only the, just his voice, but I mean, aesthetically would look like the comic book Gordon for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and that's, uh, you know, it, it's funny you say that because when the first, when you were like, you know, the, so some of them are great as the voice, but you know, it's like I, I don't think I'd want to see Peter Weller play a live action Batman, but he was yeah. really cool as like the the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I, I that's that's the, the movie saving grace for me. When I watch the movie, I don't care what else is going on in the movie, um, because I know the book so well, it's like I'm just you know, Cranston in a way is sort of elevating the material. If that makes any sense, you know, like he's mm-hmm. just, um, but then again, like I'm a giant Breaking Bad fan, so I could probably go yeah. on and on <laughs> about I'm, Frank I, I, I'm with you too. I'm a huge Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul fan. So, oh, I yeah. mean, yep. so much I even do, a, I've done two shows on Better Call Saul on the, on the BOF satellite show. So, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. With my daughter. I, so, yeah. That's awesome. I I might have yeah, to... I'm gonna I can so easily get off on a better call Saul tangent right now, but I'm gonna keep myself from not, from not doing it. <laughs> um, you know, and and I like that that this this version of Batman isn't you know isn't one that's um you know he's it's it's interesting because I think it's done well where he's clearly well trained, you know, like he's you know knocking over bricks and trees in his backyard. In, you know, mm-hmm. in some panels. So it's like, oh, this guy's he he's just impatient. And that's sort of what almost gets him killed. But then also when he finally does become Batman, like we talked about, he's he's not very good at it because I think in his mind, I'll show up, I'll be scary, and that'll be it. Whereas like, no, like there's more to it because, you know, it's it's one thing to like like the, the police, you know, if they're in a firing range, it's quite different shooting at a target versus the oh, target yeah, able to shoot back at you. I mean, he's lucky as Batman that he he got away without dying when yeah. uh, he was surrounded by the police and he's, you know, he's injured and, you know, he just, his wits um, yep. and that one little gadget that got the bats to come in and was able to, he was able to escape. I mean, there's something about, 
Well, for one thing, I think the appeal of Batman is that he's relatable because he doesn't have superpowers, but right. he's also truly, you know, a lot of times in the comics, a super true superhero and uh, is almost infallible in a way. But when he is like, and you see him in year one, like we saw him in the Batman where he's not perfect and he makes mistakes even more. It makes it even more. Yes. He's kicking ass and you know, all this, but there's something relatable to that where, um, I mean, where the, the possibility of failure is real. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, that's why I think it's so hard sometimes with Superman is where you got this living God and it's just like, you know, but, but he's, you know, the thing about he's really more human than, not, but still he can shoot lasers out of his eyes and fly and shit, you know, and get yeah. bullets. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, I'm a Superman fan, but I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a reason why I, I think that Batman, Pete, that I, I love that character more. And I think why Batman is probably arguably the most popular comic book superhero amongst the general public and the mainstream, you know? Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree, you know, and, and it's interesting where, you know, years and years ago that, you know, the, they were trying to develop a, a Bruce Wayne origin story TV mm -hmm. series, which ended yep. up becoming Smallville for, for Smallville. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I remember thinking it, that it wouldn't be very good if they tried to do a Batman one or a Bruce Wayne one, because it's like, I'd say, well, every year would have to be in a different location. It would almost be an anthology series, right? But I didn't think that at the time because that wasn't really like mm -hmm. anthologies weren't like a thing back then. But, um, you know, it's like it, it would have to be in a different location because he'd learn something new. And it just, you know, it, it would be boring if it was just Bruce and Gotham. You know, it, it works in the Batman because, you know, we can just it can just be a line of dialogue. That Andy Serkis says, like, oh, I taught you how to fight and blah, blah, blah. But it's like mm -hmm. actually, you know, doing that for twenty-two episodes a year would <laughs> like it would would have gotten old real quick. Whereas so what and that Gotham but kind of came Smallville, which it wasn't intended to be that at the beginning. Yeah. But then there was what it, I, it lost me. But uh, so that they did a they did a time jump right between. Uh, uh, yeah the the last episode is ten years later, so it's like the. Batman's first night. So he leaves. He ends up leaving Gotham. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and it's and it's interesting where if I I don't know like I I take Gotham as just this kooky Elseworlds thing, you know, where mm -hmm. the villains show up before Batman. So that's an interesting take. And the show has varying degrees of success, <laughs> as we all know. But because um, the show was supposed to be just Jim Gordon fighting the corruption in the. In the GCPD. Yeah, it was going to be a be like a police procedure, procedural, yeah. like kind of like what? Well, yeah, 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 for sure. And then it turned into like, well, well, we, you know, let's do all these different Batman villains instead. I was at Comic Con the summer that it was going premiere that fall, uh -huh. and I went and I went to the press event for it, went to the roundtables, and that's exactly what. Everyone that was there who was part of the show, uh, the showrunner, the writers, the, the cast, that's what they were. That's what they said that they were going for. There's, there's, it's going to be a police show, but it's going to be in Gotham and then Gordon's the main character and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. it quickly, not to get off on a Gotham tangent, but then it quickly <laughs> escalated into uh, like 
a small Bruce Wayne Smallville, you know? So Right, right. You know, with you know, they, they brought in like damn near everybody too, you know. We <laughs> it was every Batman character and villain, you know, yeah. we're all there. So anyway, why not get off and go off and but <laughs> but uh you know um another quick thing that I was thinking about while we were talking was it's it's interesting that Joel Schumacher, when he came on to to do Batman, you know, he he said in the behind the scenes stuff that his favorite Batman story was Batman Year One, and that's what he originally wanted to do. But then they were like, "Well, we're doing the third Batman, so it has to be like, you know, the the third Batman. We don't want to go back to the beginning." And and so that's why you know, there's there's little bits of Year One. I'll give I'll look. I like I. Very fond of Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. And I can say that um, from seeing all the stuff, that the interviews that Joel gave and the video interviews and whatnot, behind the scenes stuff with, uh, with, with what became Batman Forever is that um, he was a, a reader of the comic books as, as a kid. Yeah. And he, he the ones he read were the 40s and 50s Batman comics, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, and I can make a strong case that Batman Forever is very much a um, very loyal representation of of Batman in the late, you know, in the <clears throat> from the 40s up into the early 1950s. Um, yep. Uh, even talk to Michael Eastland about that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's a just, I can get off a whole nother conversation on that. So like I can get <laughs> into, I can even defend Batman and Robin. If I really, it's uh, when you say when folks, oh, you know, it's this and that, but go, go read some of the, the early to mid sixties Batman comics. Yeah. And especially the ones that are around the time the TV show was out. Right. Right. You're not going to see a big difference. You know? <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what's great about the character, too, is that there's room for it, you know, so you can oh, yeah. have you can have the Lego Batman movie and you can have. That's the great thing about Batman is exactly right, is that it, it, now it took it took a while to get get to this place with him. Mm-hmm. Even I went through that phase where uh, I turned my back on the 60s show, which made me a Batman fan. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm about that's why you're talking to me right now. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> that though that's not that's not Batman, you know. But <clears throat> you're able to do all these different versions of Batman there and uh, they're all just as valid as as the next one. Yeah. Yes, I prefer the dark and serious Batman. I prefer what we, that we got in Dark Knight trilogy or we got especially with the Batman. I mean, that's just right up my alley. Oh, but yeah. look, I love the Lego Batman. Batman the Brave and the Bold is my favorite animated series, even over Batman uh, Batman the Animated Series, which everybody, you know, there's a whole generation of Batman fans became Batman became Batman fans because of BTAS. But oh yeah, people are surprised when you when I when they ask, "What's your favorite animated series?" Brave and the Bold. Why? Really? Why? Batman history, man. That's Batman yeah. history and a love letter to Batman. I it, it really is, and and also a lot of, uh, um, and, and a lot of other DC characters too. Because one of my favorite mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Flash stories is in it. You know, with mm-hmm. uh, you know the Flash being kind of stuck in the future, 
giving, you know, Professor Zoom all his powers and everything. And, and that's actually John Wesley Shipp playing, you know, from the 90s Flash, yeah. playing the, yeah. the evil Flash. And, um, you know, and they had like Adam West and Julie Newmore on the show, you know. It, mm-hmm. So the, the show, you know, there were a couple episodes written by Paul Dini, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even Paul Rubens, if you want to think of him as a as a technically a Bat- Batman. My, yeah. Yeah. Sure. He, he was a, a, a Batman uh, legacy casting, uh, technically. And yeah. yeah, so it's, yeah. So I, I love that you say that because that show did have darker moments, but it also is just, it's just so damn fun to watch too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but you know, it's, it's interesting where they, they can acknowledge that show can acknowledge something like Batman year one. Uh, but mm-hmm. it also, will acknowledge like, you know, the, you know, something like the reach with, you know, the blue beetle. Oh, it acknowledges, uh, you know, um, the rainbow Batman. Yeah. Um, they did a whole little, you know, riff off of that, that comic book, um, and put, um, inserted crazy quilt yep. into it, you know, as part of it, it was, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 fantastic, and I could do a whole show on that and raise the world as well. Uh, that that would be that would be fun to do. Um, and you know the, and it's it's so cool to think that we can have all these different versions of Batman, and they still can feel like Batman. You know, like there's mm-hmm. better or worse written comic books, but or you know movies and TV shows, of course. But um, but I just remember reading Year One as a kid and feeling like afterwards you know not not in a bad way but feeling sort of unfulfilled like okay well like but what's next now i want to know what's next i want to read that joker story and then eventually they did the man who laughs um mm-hmm. and uh which you know they didn't even really have to do that's just you know part of a <laughs> something that ed brubaker i guess uh wanted to do or you know i i don't know how that worked maybe dc commissioned mm-hmm. it. um but either way it's you know, I think of all these stories that that start with year one, and year one is fifty years into Batman history, mm-hmm. and then it's like this is the origin now, and and all it really was was just a more detailed telling of the oh yes, I shall become a bat, you know, yeah. <laughs> like kind of yeah. thing, and that's what that's what makes it work. Yeah, it it really is. It's 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 fleshing out a whole story around that what eight panel, two page origin story, you know, yeah. from 1940. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it, it, we don't see Bruce being away training, but that's, you know, that's where the story picks up basically, right. you know, him returning to Gotham and whatnot. And um, so, and it's just uh, very, it's a classic Batman. Like I've said it, it's, I, I put it up there with Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen in terms of changing the perception of what comic books were and really changing even what comic books themselves were, were doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it wasn't afraid to be a more mature story, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, pro- I might've been like 10 years old reading it and maybe I shouldn't have been <laughs> reading that one, you know, at 10 years old, but um, it's, you know, but it, it to me, it's interesting because then they 
Dar- it was Darren Aronofsky. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. That tried to do like a Batman mm-hmm. Year One movie, right? Yeah. But it was yeah. going to be him and, him and Miller. Yeah. Yeah, but it was going to be like completely different, which is just so strange to me. I was thinking about it while I was prepping for this episode, thinking, man, if they had just done like a Year One movie adaptation in some way, shape, or form, I mean, Warner Brothers would never go for it because there's no like big villain in it, right? But it could have been like a small budget movie, like Joker was, and mm-hmm. and done gangbusters, really. Um, but it, you know, but then their version was just like, you know, Bruce Wayne was li- wasn't he living in a garage or something? And he Alfred was, was Big Al. Uh, he was um, when his parents were killed. He wandered away and was like a street kid. Mm-hmm. And was taken in by Big Al, who was an auto mechanic. And it was, yeah, that was the whole thing. I thought what, and it was like a year one story, but it wasn't Batman year one they drew heavily on. It was, uh, uh, um, it was crazy. You know, it it's something that would never have worked back when back then this we're talking about late 90s early 2000s when they were still trying to figure out what they were going to do with batman after batman and robin Mm -hmm. and then um in fact that it was something that today that today it's possible now they're you know uh because you get stuff like joker yeah yeah you know and the batman that frankly uh today is the, the the genre is changed so much and <clears throat> that would be um would never I, in fact i talked to aronofsky at comic-con it must have been 2006 and i asked him about it was it's when he had the what was it the fountain came oh, out back i then. think so yeah i went actually went to a screening warner brothers had for, for it during comic-con and then that's where i got to talk to aronofsky and i and uh you know, he was like, "What outlet are you with?" And when I'm Batman, I feel, ah, oh, I know that site. And and <laughs> so we talked about. I said, "Well, tell me about the year." When he goes, he told me, I took that gig knowing that they were never going to make the movie. I knew <laughs> that. Um, they said they wanted something different than Batman and Robin, so I gave them something that was like complete, like a 180 yeah. in that film. So that was the, yeah, that's right from his his mouth. But him make him saying that he knew they were never going to make it. I still say like that film today is way would is way more likely. I'm not saying that they're going to dig up that script and make that movie at right, all. Right. But I'm saying that type of film um could happen today in in the, in the genre, you know. And and I, you know, honestly, I'd I'd be all for it. That was something I really enjoyed about the Batman was that, like, the most technological thing he has are the contact lenses um, Mm -hmm. that record everything, uh, because the rest of his gadgets are fairly low tech. You know, I love the fact that he makes all his stuff, and I hope they continue that with the sequels. I don't need. um, I, I would like to see Lucius Fox come in, but let him come in and be truly be the heading up Wayne Enterprises, making him the businessman because, I mean, it's open because you see in the Batman, you know, it's not doing all that great because Bruce has no interest in it whatsoever, you know? Right, right. So you can see Lucius Fox coming in as not Batman's cue as he was in the Dark Knight trilogy, Mm -hmm. 
but as what he was originally uh what he originally was in the comments which was you know the ceo of wayne enterprises so yeah 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 um yeah i mean i i i would definitely be interested you know and you know we can talk all day on speculation on what you know the batman 2 will yeah. be or you know i'm sure it won't be called the batman 2 but you <laughs> know um, it's hope not yes yeah I'm with uh, I, I don't know why, but I was always glad they never called it Bat- the Batman Returns wasn't called Batman Two. Like it just sounds yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that we've never had a Batman film that didn't have an original title. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we've never got Batman Two or Batman Three stuff stuff like that. Yeah, it's always had original. You know, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, the Batman, Batman. Yeah. It, it sets it apart from at least all the other movies that were coming out at the time. Uh, you know, it was like they all had like subtitles or whatever. I'm, um, and I'm also about to say, I'm also a hater on the, of the sub, like the Batman colon such and such subtitle. I don't, I don't want that either. Give me something. Give me something yeah. that reflects the film. Yeah. You know, the, like the, I mean, it probably won't be this, but like the Batman rises or something like that, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, you know, th- Bill, this has been an absolute uh, blast, uh, you know, going over this uh, legendary comic and it's and it's undeniable influence, you know, not just mm-hmm. on the, the Batman media, but comics in general, like we were talking about. Um, uh, let me I'll say I got to say one more thing about it. The artwork yeah. fits that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a glove. Yeah. You know, it, I- it's perfect. And and Master Kelly's, you know, he's kind of rare. You know, he did uh, some stuff with Frank Miller back in the eighties, but you know, mm-hmm. it's not one that we hear much from anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunate because you know, I I love the way Batman looks in it. I love because it looks, you know, it it looks real. You know, feels real at least. You know, it's you know, so they're not like perfect. It's very it's very basic. You get some, it's not, it's like not Jim Lee or, or it's, you know, the people who go for just very detailed, uh, you know, backgrounds and features, you know, physical features of, of characters. It's, it's in a way it's very um, basic. Yep. Yep. You know, but it's very I mean, obviously done by a, a extremely talented individual. Yeah. And yeah. I just think, I think that the story being so basic that the art, I just, the art of it fits, fits it perfectly. You know, um, one of my favorite panels ever in any comic is when, you know, on the page when Jim Gordon says is something like, is there any hope for this city? And you just see, Batman on the rooftop real quick and then he's gone in the next panel. Mm-hmm. I just think that like th- that is Batman to me, you know, just that that glimmer of hope, you know, uh blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. I, I love the that and I love when he crashes that dinner party. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, at the mob and, and says you've eaten well. Mm-hmm. But basically that shit's over with. Yeah. Here's your war, you know, you're all you're all, I'm coming for you, you know. It it's it, it's such a it's such a funny moment too, where they're all you know, Commissioner Loeb is basically like, ah, eh, you know, like he'll beat up some street thugs and you know, 
but we'll end up taking the credit. We'll all look good. So mm-hmm. let him do his thing. And then he shows up and scares them all. And then the very next thing is Commissioner Loeb saying, you know, Gordon, you got to bring that guy down. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it, it's just, it's one of those, it's almost, it's not funny, but it is kind of like a, one of those like moments from like the office or something where they're like, like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And then they cut to Steve Carell in his office going, oh, it's a terrible idea. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, but you know, Bill, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, thank you so much for coming back. Um, sure. Anytime. I, I know I don't have to twist your arm when it comes to Batman stuff. So no, that is <laughs> uh, correct. So where, uh, where can people find you out there on the, on the interwebs? You can find me at, of course, at Batman on film, the website, Batman dash on dash film.com. Follow me on Twitter at Batman on film. Same for Instagram. I'm not a big Instagram person, but it is at Batman on film. If you want to just straighten news links, uh, that's the at the Batman on film on Twitter. And I'll just plug we're doing, I am doing a series on the Batman on film social hour podcast. That is my, my little podcast on Batman on film. And it's called ba- the Batman chapter by chapter. We're breaking down the Batman, the movie that just yeah. was out this, this year's movie. Uh, based on each chapter as they are divided up with uh, on the, uh, blu-ray so we've got three chapters in and we're moving on to chapter four and i believe there are 18 so we'll that'll take us probably through the rest of the year but it's been really interesting i've always i've made fun of people sometimes and i will just say i and i may have to uh eat my words here but like (laughs) how can you how can you talk about a movie a two and a half or in this case almost three hour movie for seven eight hours you know And here I am doing one hour shows on <laughs> on a three hour film that's going to be like 18 hours long. But I found by watching this movie and then focusing on these chapters. Um, I pick it up. There's still little details about this and that was in the Batman and each one of these scenes I'm picking up that I didn't get. And I've seen the damn movie probably 30 times already. Yeah. Uh, and and <clears throat> for example, we just did the um, uh, uh, chapter three, which we titled uh, I'm Oz, because that's the big, you know, the first time he meets Oz Cobblepot and he goes to the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. But when when he leaves the Batcave and goes up, because he's supposed to meet the accountants from, I'm talking about he, Bruce Wayne, yeah. Robert Pattinson, supposed to meet the accountants and Wayne Enterprises. And he comes into the room where Alfred is sitting at the table. There is in the background an electric guitar and amp that i never noticed oh yeah and all the times i've watched that movie and that's got to be a nod to kurt cobain because of i didn't get that until now and so like that's just an example of so many little things and i say because kurt cobain they're going what well if you don't know the background reeves pulled in one of the influences on bruce wayne's aesthetic and how he was this uh, recluse you know it was that it was based on kurt cobain so right right yeah i just thought man there's a lot of still picking up little details about this film you know my one of my favorite details about that scene is the fact that bruce just looks super pale ironically mm-hmm. like a vampire you know robert pattinson yeah. but and then he, he has to put on sunglasses even when yes. he's inside because he's not he brought used that to... up exactly he had yeah. to put on sunglasses because he, he he used to be an out at night 
Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, and they make a point with the lighting in that scene and the, how bright that room is, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I mean, little things like that. It's just, it's been great going through yeah. this film again. Um, what, well, you know, um, so a little preview of, <laughs> for that, uh, for you, for y'all it's, so that's, that's really fun to do. Uh, so I'm excited. I got to dig into those episodes. Um, yeah, we're doing behind. tomorrow. We're recording, we're going to chapter four and that's going to be the, uh, we titled it. You've got a lot of cats. So it's <laughs> the same, it was the same with Bruce and Selena at I, the, uh, her apartment. You know, when I got, when I got my new cat and I, you know, went to the, the mm-hmm. lady's house to, to get him, I, I did think that. So you're like walking around, like you got a lot of cats. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's cats like everywhere. Not as many as Selena though. No, yeah. maybe not. Or maybe they were, I don't know. I didn't see the whole house. So. <laughs> uh, well, Bill, thank you so much for, for joining me again. And, uh, you know, everybody check out their, their show, you know, the Batman on film podcast and website. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of respect as fans and especially no spoilers, uh, which is such a rare thing, even with, damn previews nowadays you know but i think the, the batman did a good job with its previews but um you know um so if you want to get excited and not have the movie ruined for you check out batman on film that's what and I you mean. will not get any filler uh clickbait bullshit articles just because there's not a lot of news about batman on film literally right now right so we're not going to do like what does uh robert pattinson's hairstyle and the Batman really mean, you know, shit like that. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about. They, yeah, I, I hate that stuff. Read ridiculous yeah. articles like that. None of that. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to write anything unless it's important. So. Right. And yeah. and that's uh and that's that's why I keep coming back to Batman on film. To be honest with you. Well, thank you. Appreciate and I'm not just trying to blow smoke up your butt. Like I I, I do. That. <laughs> <laughs> um. So thanks again, Bill, and uh, to all of you out there, you know. Um, this this uh this has been a lot of fun. Check out Batman Year One if you have DC Universe or if you have HBO Max. The animated film is on there. Or mm-hmm. you know if you uh, just want to you know reach out to me at Four Comic Junkies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at Four Comic Junkies at Gmail. You can email me and say, "Hey, let's talk Batman Year One," and I'll say, uh, "Too bad, I already did with Bill. He missed it." But uh, you know maybe we can talk something else. I guess I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you around. We're going to light the bat signal because we got some crazy guy poisoning the reservoir. That's what all that noise mm-hmm. was in the background, by the way. Got a yeah. friend coming. Yeah.